We've got a big announcement, girlies. We're going on tour. We're going on tour. We're hitting the road, Jack. Woo! So don't you come back no more, no more. We're bringing our tour. That's showbiz all that's over showbiz. Ireland. You have to say it like that. Well, oh, but I that's can't sing. Showbiz. That's showbiz. That's <laughs> showbiz. You have to say it like old, old-timey American. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it I'll work on it we, we, That has to okay. feature In the show okay, I'll work on it I'll work on it We're coming to Name them A city near you We're going to Cork Limerick Galway Belfast And Dublin Yeah sorry about the Midlands But we can't drive And we need to be accessed by train We don't really know Any of those com- Sorry our, our, <laughs> our geography knowledge Of that part of Ireland Is limited But if you want to come see us Go to ticketmaster.ie And Take get your tickets Because they're flying out The door girls And our girlies In the UK and Australia Don't worry because there's exciting dates coming soon. Yeah. Keep the eyes peeled. That's keep all we'll say Keep the eyes and ears or peeled. And the ears, because you yeah. might hear it on here again. Do you keep your ears peeled? Keep the ears clean, I would say. Anyway, maybe. we're waffling. Anyway, also, link in the episode description on how to get your tickets. Exactly. See you then. See you, girlies. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Have you seen Don't Worry Darling yet? No. I went to see that and that's one that's been really divisive I feel. Yeah. People have either loved it or hated it. Yeah. There has been much in between. Actually, I think I'm a bit in between. I did like it. I went in with no expectations and I was actually surprised. Now, to be honest, a lot of it I didn't understand. And okay. then I thought it was grand and afterwards it came out and then my friend was like, oh yeah, there's loads of plot holes, isn't there? And I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, there <laughs> you. is. Oh yeah. Me. Yeah. That's Which like one me. are you thinking of? It's your favourite queers, back in your ears, it's I'm Grandmam. Hey girlies, I'm Kevin. And I'm PJ. And welcome back to I'm Grandmam. Woo! Hey girlies, how are we getting on? Hey girls, we're back. Kevin's in London and I'm in Dublin. But it's fine. We're doing the remote records. We saw each other recently because I was, I done it overnight on Glamour and I flew over, went to Sam Smith's concert with Universal. It was Gorgeous Oh my god It was such a good concert Literally I was also like I didn't know what to expect Because you know like They have like The ballads It's like You say I'm crazy I can't sing <laughs> No you can't And you were singing in my ear For the whole thing And I was like It kind of ruined the experience A small bit for me But like the way they handled The different types of music Was stunning And we were in Where were we The Royal Albert Hall is it Royal Albert Hall Was just the perfect location For it I actually realised You know the way I said I don't really like uh, Concerts and things like that. Yeah. I actually love them in a sit-down setting. You see, I used to say I hate concerts as well, but I do like it when it's glamour. When it's glamour. And the fact that they had the orchestra, they had the backing singers. Yeah. It was just, it was actually just the perfect location for us. It was weird because it's a huge, huge space, right? And where we were sitting now, we were sitting in the balcony, like right next to the railing. And if you look down, vertigo, vertigo. Oh, we were getting sick. And then at one point, oh my God, do you remember? I was playing my rings and it popped off. And I was like, oh my God, my ring, my gold ring popped off. 
Girls, I thought Kevin killed someone because literally, like, well, after a few drinkies, and Kevin's, I don't know why he was playing with his rings. I think he was showing I off, don't like, being like, look at my jewels. And then. I think it's a nervous disposition. Next thing, he just goes, oh! I was like, what happened? And then he goes, I dropped it. I looked down. There's there's this young one, like, rubbing our heads, being like, a ring just slapped her on the head. And then landed into a boring brack. Happy Halloween. <laughs> No, but literally, I was traumatised. I was too afraid to look over. I just thought in my head, I goes, oh, that's gone. But then when I looked over, now your one was kind of giving it, it was like the Chuckle Brothers. She was looking up and she was rubbing her head and she was going, yeah, she was like a character from The Simpsons. But I was like, I was like, is there, is there a ring there? We want Hinge. We also, Universal were definitely like, we're not bringing these trash with us anymore. But it was mid-concert, so I was like, oh, I'll wait till afterwards and I'll just go down and get it, right? So anyway, yeah. went down and then there wasn't anyone to be seen in the seating that was below us. And I was like, wait, where are they? And then this one popped around the corner and she was like, oh, I was looking for you everywhere. And I was like, what? Now she was so annoyed, obviously, because I kind of hit her in the head with my ring, like, which is obviously not on, you know what I mean? But it was an accident. And then yeah. she was like, where did you go to? And I was like, oh, I just came down like as soon as I finished to like get my ring, you know what I mean? I was enjoying the concert, like. But then her mood shifted like straight away and then we were having a laugh. We were going on with the concert. Her friends came over then and then they were like, what are you doing? Are you going for a drinky? And I was like, oh, I'm here with Universal Music Ireland. And then they were like, oh, like, like, do you work for them? And I was like, oh, no, I'm just here. And they were like, oh, my God, are you a singer? I was like, yeah. String fast lane, girlies. (laughs) (laughs) String fast lane for for clear skin. (laughs) But also say what you want. I don't know. No one's really saying things about Sam Smith, but say what you want about them. They can sing. Yeah. Like. Full body shivers, especially for the my favorite song is um, "Dancing with a Stranger." Is it? Um, and I love. I, yeah, it is. I just I don't know why. I just think they've so many bops. Like some of those uh, slower ballads are kind of iconic, and I forgot how many bops there were. I love that because you know they before when you were going to a concert, you'd like start listening to all the back catalogue and you'd be trying to learn the lyrics and stuff. Yeah, we kind of found out about this like the week beforehand, and I was just like, "Oh, it sounds like a gorgeous night." PJ will be over. Shout out to our girlies from Universal, especially Sarah. Loves. We love you to bits. Love to babe. Um, in fairness to them, they put us up in the the standard hotel in London, which is gorgeous, isn't it? Gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. No, but then say... I was just very pleasantly surprised when we got there, and I was just like, "Oh my god, they've so many bops." So many bops. Now, I would say if I could offer one criticism, <laughs> yeah, get those dancers in for a few more rehearsals, Sal. Like the dancing was good. Like the, the dancers themselves were amazing. Like they could dance. Fabulous. But there wasn't a, a bit of choreography to be seen. But it's because they were a lot of ballads. They weren't going to get them out doing padded down. They were just jumping around the gap. There was a lot of jumping around the gap. But it, I did like that as a bit more contemporary and stuff. It did seem like a thing where. No, you didn't. You were saying you you were saying they were snooze as well. No, I was saying. <laughs> you go snoozy. You go. It's it's giving groupies in dance college. <laughs> I didn't say that. What I said was. <laughs> what I said was I was thinking maybe the dancers were an afterthought that, that when they got to the Royal Albert Hall because it's so massive did they say oh it'd be great to have uh, maybe dancers to fill the stage a few dancers get them in and then Sam goes yeah I know a few of the gays I'll, I'll make a few calls you know what I mean I'll rally I'll, I'll go up and grind her there and put up dancers needed in the Royal <laughs> Albert Hall it was a bit like that yeah no you could tell you could tell by the way the dancers were moving they're amazing they're all amazing dancers but they just need technical dancers like, yeah once they get the choreography right it'll be stunning also my mum is a super Sam Smith fan biggest so stan they haven't announced new dance or anything but um, 
when they do, I think I'm going to get my mum tickets. But I think she loved that setting as well. Go away, you're, you're going to be messaging Universal Music Ireland for comps. I'm not. Get my mum tickets, my whole. Oh, Dolly, I've no problem paying for my own bit. You'll be getting on to Sarah for a few comps for your mum. That's one thing that, like, does catch me by surprise, right? Is the fact that people think that I'm getting everything for free. Like, it was my mum's birthday there, what, like three weeks ago. And I put up a bouquet of flowers that I got... From Cork Flower Studio. Then everyone was like. Oh did you get those. For free. And I was like. No they're for my mum's birthday. I obviously spent a few bob. You know what I mean. Yeah just. He only got a discount lads. <laughs> I wish God. They were expensive. Flowers are so. Expensive. So expensive. Don't I know it. I got you a bouquet yesterday. I know. I was so take Kevin. Kevin's so good. So yesterday. Um, was my dad's anniversary of his death. You know. Yeah. Um, and I was a bit down in the dumps. And then Kevin sent me a lovely bouquet of flowers. But I didn't get them. Because I was teaching. And I got a call. And they were like. Oh your delivery is being left with your neighbour. But I just thought it was a PR package. So I didn't go and pick it up. But I was getting so annoyed. And I was like. Did I remember to sign off my name on the flowers? Because I got an email saying they were delivered. And I was like. Well he could at least send a fucking text. I know him. He might be a bit sad. But Jesus Christ. I'm in the dead dad club too. You know what I mean? Like send me a text. <laughs> yeah literally How rude But I didn't realise That they'd been sent To your neighbour But um Expensive So expensive But after this recording Now I get to go pick them up And Jose got me flowers yesterday And bought me for dinner So you, you, you're you It's good to balance out The flower giving you know What time did Jose Give you the flowers He picked me up from He picked me up from teaching So at like Yeah I had actually thought of it First I'd say <laughs> That's the awful thing <laughs> you and him always sync up Remember the time for Christmas Jose got me a massage gun And then I was like Oh my god lads Jose got me a massage gun And it was for my birthday And then you were like What the fuck And you just you just got I me I was a- devastated And you're the toughest person To buy peasants for Because the thing is Because I'm a picky bastard No it's because If you want something You've already got it Do you know the way Some people might drop in <laughs> And be like Oh Jesus I'd love that You go into a shop And you're like I want that Kirk Geiger sparkly bag And there's no if There's like impulse buying And then there's Buying something without even having the impulse. You just go like that. I can't. I don't even think, lads. I'm like my mum. She just goes in and she goes, I'll get that, sure. And you know what? When I buy something, even if I love it, I still, if it's a big purchase, or like even if I'm buying a new pair of trainers, now they're like 100 quid or whatever, I'll have to take them home and I'll sit with them for the week before I even try them on and before I start wearing them around the gap because I need to be certain... That I'm certain about them. The post-purchase guilt hits Kevin so hard. Like, we were at an event the other night where we were filming something, like, big for this show. And Kevin was wearing a suit with the tag still on because he was going to return it afterwards. PJ! I was like, babe, take him off. The suit's stunning on you. You always need that suit. And he was like, I know, but I'm just going to leave him on now because I I don't know if I'm going to bring it back or not. No, because the thing is, I don't really like wearing suits. You know what I mean? But you look so nice in that one. I did look one. hot in it and everyone was saying I looked so hot, hot in it. And brown's your colour. And all the celebrities who were there were saying I looked hot. And I was like, yeah, babe. <laughs> we can't tell you what it was, though. So. Will we get into the theme or what? <laughs> let's get into the theme for this week. I think it makes sense. Okay, let's just get into it. The theme for this week is... Dreams. Alexa, play Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics. It is the Eurythmics, isn't it? Sweet Dreams are made of this. Remastered by Eurythmics uh, from Spotify. This is a gay club bop. Such a tune. It's, the beat is so heavy in it, it's walking to the bus. And when you're strutting, yeah. like it's, it's definitely like a strutting to the bus tune. Also, I want to get Sweet Dreams I Made of This, but dazzled on like a trackie on my ass. Now, it's so loud, I actually can't hear you, babe. <laughs> you're delighted. <laughs> yeah, me weak. Me just vibing in my room. Looking for something. <laughs> Jan next door is like, what's Kevin going through inside? 
Some of them want to get used by you. <laughs> All I can hear is your voice then. Wait for the, wait for the melt hit, melt hit. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Pose. Oh. Pose. What happened there? Oh. Do you hit that? Is Alexa? She gave up. Alexa was over us dancing. She goes, not those Alexa faggots. She goes, not this homo song. Why do you even tell her to stop? She was over. She's overworked. She's not really. She doesn't do a tap these days. You know what the worst thing about Alexa is these days? But sometimes when I, at night when I'm going, Alexa, she'd look at him. Stop. Then she pipes up. If I say, Alexa, set an alarm for... she go, what time do you want to be set for the alarm? I'm like, I'm telling you, girl. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or I'll go, Alexa, set an alarm for 9.15am and then she'll go, set an alarm for 9am and I'm like, yeah, I'm right next to you, doll. Because I think she's wrecked because all you use her for is to set timers for the hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> all, all she's done, um, set a timer for four minutes for the hard-boiled eggs and she can feel the stress in your voice trying to get the timings right for brekkie. Girls, I'm a man of routine. These days, I'm on the omelette's pee and when oh. I say I'm having the same thing for breakfast every morning. Yeah, I love the omelette's these days with the mushrooms. Spinach. I need your omelette. You need to show me because I'm not great at cooking the omelette. The omelettes are very easy in terms of like breakfast bits. But doll, the border between having an omelette and having scrambled eggs is a hair. It's a hair thing. You know what I mean? The minute when you start cooking an omelette, it can turn into a scrambled egg like that if you're not careful. Anyway, one to dreams. We're talking about dreams. Now, I feel slightly sorry for the people who didn't see us doing the choreography. During mm. that track. Oh yeah. Because when I say you were selling it. We were selling it. We were giving it. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, you can get the full video on our Patreon. And that's a bit of clickbait there for you girlies. I was literally about to just say that as well. I was like, I knew where your brain was going. I was like, obviously, if you want to see us <laughs> dancing in our rooms, you can watch us on Patreon. There has to be there has to be the business behind the creative. You know what I mean? I got that business mind on, girlies. But also, we're breaking our balls to produce the Patreon content. We might as well promote it. Even though you'd be kind of half that's mortified true. when you're Irish asking for people to subscribe to you, but whatever. That's what it is as well. We just be slipping it in sometimes. Just slipping it in. Okay, so the theme for this week is... Dreams. I had a dream of becoming a professional dancer. And look at me now. In my kitchen with my two cats. I had dreams of being on the West End. And look at you now. Look at me now. I'm just riding half of the cast of the West End shows. <laughs> well, before. But that's the Don't Tell Ma'am episode. More clickbait. Right. No, we're not talking about dreams and aspirations. We're talking about actually dreams when you go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. So, it's coming up to Halloween. I think this actually comes out um, on the day of Halloween, the 31st, doesn't it? Really? At the witching hour? I think so, yeah. That's that's the angle I was kind of going for when we were trying to come up with a theme for um, this week's episode because we had done the Ouija board before. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, let's do something like nightmare Halloween Spooky kooky vibes. Okay, gorgeous. That's how we got here. Okay. Like supernatural kind of buzz. Is it supernatural? Maybe something. Is it how we got here? I'm, I was unaware, but okay, let's just go with that. Babe, if I can find a link, let me just introduce it loosely. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Anyway, Halloween. so that's where we're at. I'm a big fan of dreams. Um, me too. Something that's actually happened recently, um, which was actually so 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 lovely for me um was i had a dream and my dad was in it oh now the whole dream wasn't based around him and stuff and there wasn't really an awareness until i woke up that it was a big thing that he was there it just seemed like a normal day and he was there 
and it's happened a few weeks ago now and it's only happened the one time but i remember i woke up obviously i was a bit sad when i woke up and i was like oh christ that was a dream or whatever yeah but i was like oh jesus that i actually even though it was a dream there was a real closeness to him there you know what i mean so that was lovely and unexpected you know what i mean and i was really grateful for it and it's so weird like when you say that because i remember like especially at the beginning like i used to have dream about my dad a lot and i do still sometimes but even think, just when you said it there, I was like, isn't it lovely that, like, this sounds very live, laugh, love and, like, very crystal. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Alexa. Stop. Got me talking about my dad and the track coming back They're on. They're with us. They, they goes, play that at Bop again for the gays. <laughs> um, my heart. But basically, what I was saying before I was interrupted by Jerry was um, <laughs> that isn't it lovely that they kind of they live on in our dreams kind of thing. Like I remember like yeah. having a dream where I was chatting to my dad for ages at the kitchen table, and it literally felt so real. And you do get the thing when you wake up, you kind of go, "Oh my god!" And then you remember, oh or you're like, "Oh shit!" And then you kind of have an emotional breakdown for a second. But it is still lovely. Yeah. That's the one thing with dreams as well. I, it's so hard to remember them. It is really hard. Like, I know sometimes I'm having manic dreams. And it's so funny because I have this moment in my dream where I'm like, remember this now, remember this now, because people will get a great laugh off this. And then I wake up and I go, oh my God, that dream where I... And it's gone. Ellipsis. It's gone. Also, I think if you're like, say, especially if you're like struggling student listening or anything and you can't afford like Netflix and Amazon and stuff, just go to sleep. Free entertainment. And especially, like, you're staring in the show, so it's even better. It's like a streaming service where you're the star. Camille, that's actually so true, isn't it? Or as well, just get on to one of your friends and ask them for their password as well. You know what I mean? Get on to one of your wealthier friends. Or, like, you just, you go to all your friends, you go, oh, girls, we can't afford to watch Netflix tonight. We're all taking melatonin and going it's to sleep. It's melatonin, girls. Girls, if you don't know what it is, um, basically, my friend was um, over New York. My, my, my friend not being PJ on this occasion, even though I know PJ was in New York and you told the world about it. I, and I won't stop telling everyone about <laughs> it. Brought me back melatonin and was like, try this. And I was like, oh my God, now, unreal stuff. But I never really struggled with the sleep. So what, what I did was, I feel like it just sent me into a further, deeper sleep. So like, when I was waking up after the, taking the melatonin the night before, I was zonked. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've never taken it now, so we, and we're not, like, disclaimer, we're not telling you to take melatonin. It was a joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just got it. Like, they were gummies. Like, oh. he gave me melatonin gummies. Like, that was it. But also, when anything that comes in gummy form, like, vitamins, gummy, give it to me. Like, anything yeah. in a gummy form, I'll eat it. Because it's jellies, like. It's jellies, you know what I mean? It's a sweet treat during the day, you know what I mean? Have a yeah. treat. Yeah, I remember. Even if, like, I was taking this, um, I got it in the press pack. It was like a multivitamin like thing, but it tasted like diluted orange. I'm sure I was down in three of them in a day. I'm sure I was going to like radioactively combust with all the vitamins in me. IV drip, hook me up. Yeah. Right, girlies. Um, we could um, talk between ourselves about dreams for ages, but we're not really experts in the field. But luckily for ye... Yeah, we're not equipped. <laughs> luckily for ye, we do have someone who is an expert in the field... Um, to talk us through dreams and maybe the meaning behind dreams a bit more. They've arrived. Let's bring them in. So our guest this week is a counsellor and the author of Answers in the Dark, Grief, Sleep and How Dreams Can Help You Heal. Very apt for this week's theme. Please welcome the amazing Delphi Ellis. Woo! Hi Delphi. How are things? Hi. I kind of made you sound like a magician calling you the amazing Delphi Ellis, but like you're very much a counsellor and an author. And um, thank you so much for coming on. 
that's cool. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. We were obsessed with you after doing a bit of research and also what sold it for us. You had the pronouns in your bio and in your email signature. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> we were like giving queer ally, we were living. Love you to bits. <laughs> but also, um, you know your stuff. You've been on loads of stuff. We saw your loose women stuff. You've been on tons of podcasts. So I was like, if we're getting, because we don't know anything, <laughs> and if, we, if we're getting someone who has the knowledge, let's get the expert on. And you've just released a book, right? I have, yeah. My book came out in May. Fab. Gorge. Yeah, we must, we must, we must get it and have a read. Now we'll see how you do in the interview. If if the interview is shocking, we won't bother with the book. But if it's stunning, <laughs> if it's stunning, we'll pick it up. Um, but so let's start, right? Because there's loads to get through. Because like dreams are something I'm kind of obsessed with, and so is Kevin. So I would delighted we're doing this episode, right? Am let's I? Just, well, yeah, we're always talking about our dreams. Well, I like who doesn't like having a nice dream? I suppose I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with them. But the majority of people forget their dreams and everything. And isn't that very sad? That's one thing that we have to look into, Delphi, because that's one thing that does be stressing me mm. out is when I can't remember anything. Yeah, let's come back to that. Let's start with a general question, I think, because I still don't know why. Like, why do people dream? Like, why do people dream? It's such a great question because I think it's something that we've kind of looked at over the years in, in different contexts. So, you know, people often think about uh, famous people like Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung when we talk about dreams. And so we've kind of fallen into this trap of westernizing dreams and kind of looking at them just purely from this Western perspective when we think about people like Jung and Freud. But actually we've been analyzing and exploring dreams for thousands of years. There's uh, documentation that goes back, you know, like 2000 years looking at why we dream and what they mean. And most commonly, you'll find that the reason we dream is that they're a bit like a friend. And this is how I explain them to people. They're a bit like a friend, but like some of our friends, they can see what we can't see during the day. So your dreams are pointing mm. you towards answers, insight, wisdom that you wouldn't necessarily be acknowledging or want to acknowledge during the day. So sometimes, especially if you have some problems right. that you're kind of walking around during the day, you will fall into them at night. And so the answers to that or the insight into that problem might show up in your dream. So I often think of dreams as like a friend that are trying to give you some insight and some wisdom. But like some of our friends, we perhaps don't take any notice of them. You know, we take what they say with a pinch of salt. <laughs> Um, and so and that's one of the reasons we don't remember them you know if we don't place importance on our dreams we're, we're less likely to remember them we won't see them as something significant and so they just disappear into the ether when we wake up but I do think of them like a gift I think that we are being given something we can use and explore like a like a resource but I always add this caveat to this and this is something I talk about in my book is that Dreams aren't just the subconscious rattling of your mind. They are, to some extent, offering you okay. other insights. So if I use a famous example, uh, Stephanie Mayer, you know the story of the Twilight Saga, the story of Bella and Edwards? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, she dreamt that. Yep. She dreamt that from start to finish in one night. So... Christ, she must have been exhausted. But I was addicted. I read them all. They're the only books I've ever read, I'm sure. He didn't. He didn't. I did read them all, babe. I you saw the movies. Babe, I was I was a closeted gay um, in Cork. Yes, I read all the Twilight books. Yeah, so she dreamt that. And she talks quite openly about the fact that she dreamt that. So this is one of the reasons I'm always careful to say 
your dreams aren't always the subconscious rattling of your mind. Sometimes they might be giving you a masterpiece. Vincent van Gogh said, I dream my painting and then I paint my dream. So it's not necessarily just the subconscious rattling of your mind. Sometimes they could be creative. They could be giving you something really powerful, uh, like a book. I'm not going to promise that, obviously. I don't want you to think that you become a millionaire. But, I, but it is something else to think about. It's not always just your brain kind of releasing stuff. So if your mom is like, Jesus, you're sleeping loads, you'd be like, yeah, I'm creating a masterpiece, babe. There you go. Like you can spin it that way. Instead of feeling like shit for sleeping in, you'd be like, no, I'm creating my next masterpiece. If you're late for work, you miss the alarm clock, you come in and you say, girls, I was making us a million. <laughs> yeah, and this is the thing, is that um, there's other people throughout history. So Keith Richards, you know, who is in the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Yeah. He was said to have dreamt the rift to I can't get no satisfaction. So he had a tape recorder and his guitar by the bed. Paul McCartney dreamt the tune to yesterday. So these are people who throughout history have used their dreams in other ways. Now, if you take the example of Twilight, when Stephanie Mayer woke up in the morning, she didn't think to herself, hmm, what's the symbolic reference of wolves? What's the symbolic reference? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She didn't do that. She knew she'd been given a book. So she sat down at her typewriter and, and wrote what we now know to be the Twilight Saga. So it wasn't that there was a sort of a symbolic importance to those, yeah. to those symbols. It was something that she actually used to influence her work. So in a way, what you're saying is, Delphi, stop being scared and start being savvy and put pen to paper and create a masterpiece. I love the idea of that. Pen to paper. Yeah, absolutely that. For me, even nightmares are giving you something that you might need to unpack and explore. Yeah. It's just that sometimes we have to do that delicately. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to do that safely, especially if the content mm -hmm. is quite awful. Um, but at the same time, yeah, absolutely. Your dreams are, for me, they're not something to be scared of. They are trying to give you some wisdom, some insight that you can use helpfully. That's amazing. And for people who can't remember their dreams, like, is there a way to train yourself or is there a reason why they're not remembering them? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, like I was saying, that there is some um, kind of evidence to suggest that it is to do with the importance we place on our dreams. So okay. uh -huh. if you've grown up in an environment where, you know, if you had a scary dream as a child and your caregiver, or your parent turned around to you and said, oh, dreams don't mean anything. You're going to grow up with that. You're going to grow up thinking they're not important. Mm. So you're less likely to remember them. Having said that, we're not meant to remember every dream we ever had. Um, I read a piece of research years ago that said if we remembered every dream we ever had our heads would be so big we'd have to carry them around in a wheelbarrow so it doesn't mean that we have to remember every dream we ever had it's just that sometimes there will be ones that are significant and and that might get our attention but there is some uh, evidence that if you meditate you're more likely to remember your dreams if you set the intention before you go to bed that you'd like to remember them you'll be more likely to remember them so it really is about intention and the importance you place on them what is your stance then on dream catchers and they, would they assist with the process of remembering the dreams if they are to be placed above the bed at night time <laughs> So this is one of the things, um, and I do mention them in my book. I've actually got one hanging above my head where I am at the moment. I knew it. The, the thing about dream catches, again, is, is it's so important that we expand 
our awareness. <laughs> when we talk about dreams, like I said earlier, we so often slip into this westernizing dreams and what they mean. But actually, dream catchers are a traditional way of managing nightmares. The idea is that um, from Native American uh, and Indigenous people have this idea that they are going to absorb the nightmare. And so you're less likely to have troubling dreams at night if you use a dream catcher. I'm up for that. You know, I think anything that we mm -hmm. can do to help improve our sleep quality, to improve our nighttime dreaming is going to be good for us. So again, it's it's what works for anyone. Yeah, I got addicted to yeah. dream catchers when I was about seven and there was no nightmares to be had for from the ages to seven to nine. The only thing I would say about them with dream catchers is there is some um, suggestion that if, especially if they have crystals in them, is that you do occasionally put them in the light so that the, the light can absorb nightmare cherish the crystal vibes there's a top tip there the gays are going to be weak for themselves the gays love a dream catcher yeah the gays do they're, they're, they're gorgeous looking though they are they're so pretty i do love a dream catcher myself they're stunning on dreams just like the, let's debunk a few like general like misconceptions right so i always heard the one and it used to scare me nearly to death growing up is that if you die in your dream you die in real life so like i always obviously a lot of people probably had this dream where you're falling from a building and just before you hit the floor you like wake up and like you like in my case when i was younger i used to pee the bed after that <laughs> you zap in um, and i'd be mortified but um if you if i hit the floor I still pees the bed if i don't only after a few drinks if i hit the floor if i hit the floor in that dream would i be dead this is the thing that I, I've been asked before. And, and sometimes um, my answer to that is, how would you know? Because if you died in your sleep, how would we know that it was because you had a dream where you hit the bottom? Oh my God. <laughs> I you literally blew my mind for that. You just blew my mind. Oh my God. <laughs> how would you know? But the good news is, the good news is that many people have hit the bottom in a dream and lived to tell the tale. Okay. So okay. it's not that it's not that it's going to happen. It's that um, it, it's more likely that falling in a dream it can have two different um, perspectives. So there is uh, a bit like Alice going down the rabbit hole, not really sure where you're going or where you might end up. That's often associated with falling dreams. It's very common after a bereavement and it's very common after redundancy oh. because people have this sort of perception of where am I going? Mm -hmm. What am I doing? Where am I going to mm -hmm. end up? So it can, a falling dream can be very much about that kind of thing. And also not feeling in control, you know, um, just yeah. kind of not feeling like they know where things are going. But it's not to be confused with that sensation that you have just as you're falling into sleep, where you kind of jolt yourself away. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it has that really sort of noise as, alongside it as well, that kind of snorry noise alongside yeah, like it. And um that's yeah that's that's what's known as a hypnic myoclonia or a hypnic jerk that's my new drag name yeah i love that hypnic myoclonia i love there you go well you see the thing is everybody has everybody has myoclonia a hiccup is the myoclonia so oh. it's um it's a similar sort of thing but it's very common as people are falling into sleep so and i would say although again the research is you know here and there on it it's often, in my experience, people that are stressed that have it. So okay. if you're going around all day at 100 miles an hour, you stop, I call it the roadrunner effect. You know, you stop like roadrunner, you get into bed. 
your bed is going to become this magical place that reminds you of all the things you haven't done today. And in the same way, if you try and fall to sleep at the same speed as you've been traveling all day, it stands to reason that you're going to jolt yourself awake because your brain is saying, is it safe? Have we got things to do? Mm. You know, and that kind of thing. So how you get ready for bed can help with that, especially winding down before bedtime so that you're less likely to jolt yourself awake. Get the lavender out. Yes. Yeah, lavender is nature's remedy for uh, for healthy sleep, as long as you're not allergic to it. Okay. Yeah, that would that would kind of have the opposite effect. It would be inconvenient. <laughs> but um but yeah, so lavender is nature's remedy for sleep. Yeah. Uh, so if you know, if you've got some then whether it's a pillow spray or a bath before bedtime, that can really help. Delphi, are you a great sleeper? Do you have great sleeps? I do, yeah. I, I sleep really well. And part of that is because I practice what I teach. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's because I understand the way sleep works. So one mm. of the things I talk about in Answers in the Dark in my book is that one of the myths that we've bought into is that it's unnatural to wake up at night. And yet, actually, that's quite a common thing. We, we have this kind of like this internal bodyguard that's just checking everything's OK. So it's quite natural to wake up in the night. But it's not that we're awake that's the problem. It's what we do next. So if I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking, why am I awake? What's wrong with me? I've got to get up early in the morning. I'm going to be so tired. There's no way your brain's going to authorize sleep Mm -hmm. if you've got yourself into that state. And so that's why we don't fall back to sleep. So one of the things I do is I practice what I teach. I've got these nice mantras that I use or I do some breathing activities um, and just remind myself that this is normal. But, you know, my brain is just looking out for me. Is everything safe? Yeah, we're all fine. I can go back to sleep. Delphi, when you say you're a good sleeper, are we talking seven hours, eight hours, nine hours per night? So one of the things I talk about in my book is the big myths of sleep. And one of the biggest myths of sleep is that we all need eight hours every night. (gasps) I know. Shock. I know. And and the reason I make this, I, I make this point is because we've bought into this so much that let's say, for example, you've got to be up at six in the morning. What do we do? Because we've bought into the eight hour myth, we work back eight hours and we think, right, I've got to be in bed by 10. But what if you're not sleepy at 10? Yeah. What if you're someone who's sleepy at half 10 or 11? But what happens is you go to bed at 10 because you think, I've got to be up at six in the morning. I've got to get my eight hours. And then you can't sleep at 10 because that's not when you're sleepy. And so you then start tossing and turning and thinking, what am I going to be like in the morning? I'm going to be so tired. And that, again, that activates that that stress response, which tells the brain it's not okay to sleep. And ironically, we then don't sleep. But there's, there's other things as well. We've just kind of got into this idea. I mean, if I say when you're poorly, you need more sleep. Teenagers definitely need more sleep. They're not being lazy. They yeah. definitely need more sleep. They need it. Yeah, I heard that. You know, and, and as you get older, you might find that you need less. So the idea that we all need eight hours every single night is a myth. Everybody is different. <gasps> but, the, but the problem is we've bought into that so much. And I'll tell you this, that one of the pieces of research I quote in the book the Great British Sleep Survey said um, that 79% of people lay awake at night worrying that they're not going to get their eight hours. <laughs> That's me. I'm not even joking. That's me. <laughs> that is Kevin, actually. Kevin Kevin would be panicking about the eight hours all the time. And that's the irony of it, is that we've bought into this myth so much that the irony of it is it's actually stopping us sleeping. So my my answer to that is just to, to work out how much sleep you feel you need. Ask yourself the question, do you feel refreshed when you wake up in the morning? If not, what might you need to change? You might need to look at your bedtime routine. You might need to look at when you're waking up. So another thing I talk about 
is some, something called um, the hangover effect. So let's say, for example, you have to be up at seven in the morning, but you naturally wake up at about six. What do you do? You think, oh, I'm going to get another cheeky hour in. I'm just going to have another hour because my alarm is due to go off in an hour. Not realizing that when you wake yourself up an hour from when you were naturally awake, you may well be in deep sleep. Mm. At six o'clock, you felt quite wide awake, but at seven o'clock, you feel like crap. And the reason is because effectively you may have woken yourself up in the middle of deep sleep. And so you now have what we call the hangover effect. So you feel exhausted, oh, your mouth God. is dry. And the same happens when you have a nap, by the way. So when you go to bed in the afternoon, if you set the alarm for an hour, the chances are you're going to wake yourself up in the middle of deep sleep. Whereas if you set the alarm for maybe 20 to 30 minutes, we call that a power nap or maybe a full sleep cycle, which is about an hour and a half, you're more likely to wake up refreshed than you will if you wake yourself up right in the middle of deep sleep. Yeah, because like there's times when I go, like if I, I just wake up and then I'm like, ah no, I can do another half an hour and then I wake yeah. up and I'm like, I'm wrecked. Wrecked? You know what I mean? Yeah. They need to be teaching this in SPHE class in school. Why don't they teach this in SPHE? Also, you know the way you were saying that like teenagers might need more sleep and stuff. What about the gays? Because we know that the gays traditionally would might live a bit more of a hectic lifestyle. They walk that bit quicker. We actually have a song about it. Um, would you recommend the gays get some more sleep? I would say do what feels right for you. So mm -hmm. I think everybody, because everybody is different, some people will need 10 hours sleep. Some people will need six hours sleep. I mean, Margaret Thatcher, if I can mention her name for a moment, she, she used to say, I know, she used to say. Leave her sleep for eternity. Yeah, she used to say sleep is for wimps. She used to get by on three to four hours sleep a night. And she had all the effects of it. Christ, she had awful skin. <laughs> but what was really interesting about that is that she um her her um prevailing illness when she died was a dementia related illness i believe and what we know is that sleep is directly influencing our memory so how well okay. you sleep affects how well you'll remember things and you'll know yourself if you've had a rubbish night's sleep that the next day someone will say don't you remember that and you'll be like no i don't oh remember and that's partly because of how good we're sleeping. So I think there's an argument there that, mm. that sleep is important, absolutely. Um, and I would encourage people to be getting, you know, at least five, six, seven hours sleep if they can. Okay. But don't, don't worry if you're waking up in the middle of that. It doesn't have to be five, six, seven solid hours sleep. It can be, uh, you know, in, in like two lots of four because yeah. you're, you're allowed to, you know, it's natural to wake up in the night and check everything's okay. It's giving like capitalist society just don't listen to it i think they invented eight hour sleep kind of regime vibes you know what i mean if you think about it we've really neatly packed our day into three blocks of fate we have eight hours for sleep eight hours for mm. work eight hours for play so we've kind of tried to really neatly put our our days into these neat three blocks of eight and we're just not built like that no yeah don't put us in a box yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean i feel it you know who's to blame the apps I feel like the apps are always telling me go go to sleep. You need to go to sleep now. Get straight hours. The apps. It's it's Apple. It's this for that. Everybody, born your Apple Watch after this. There is genuinely, there is genuinely now an anxiety condition called orthosomnia, and orthosomnia is where a person has become so fixated with their sleep tracker that they are getting anxious about how much sleep they're getting, which is creating, in its own sense, it's creating anxiety. Oh my! This is an episode of Black Mirror, Delphi. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, I also think our friend Emma has that. I need to get on to her after this and tell her. She's always obsessed with how many hours she gets. I'm going to have to get on to Emma Hockney and tell her she has, what is it, autoinsomnia? Autosomnia, yeah, autosomnia. Autosomnia. Some people are obsessed with this. Just back to dreams there for a second, right? Um, with, I, I'm really interested in lucid dreaming. And it all started when I was... I'd say, like, what age do you when you go to Irish college, Kev? Like, 14, like, 15? 14, 15. Yeah, so for, in, in Ireland, you go to summer camp where you all just speak Irish, and it's called Irish College. You play sports and stuff, right? Um, now, I never did Delphi. My Irish was always at a very high standard, so there was no need for me to go to these um, summer camps for kids. <laughs> never, never mind him. He, he couldn't, like, we got scholarships, and he, no one wanted him down there. He was a no-all. Anyway, so um, we're in the Irish camp, and there was this, like, there was this, there's, there's always one show off, right? And she was trying to be like the big girl in the group. And she kept going, I can lucid dream. And I was like, what's that? She was like, so when I go to sleep, I can control my dreams and fly around the place. And then everyone was eating her up. But I knew she was a lying two-faced bitch. And I just want to prove <laughs> her wrong. Can you, lo- can you lucid dream or not? Yeah, so lucid dreaming is a thing. Oh. Um, whether or not she was able to do it every night is, is another thing. She, she was 14. Like, did Lucy did Lucy from Irish College pay you off to say this? She was only fourteen years old. No, 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 no. I haven't I haven't been paid to say it. No, no. Okay, go on. Lucid dreaming is a thing, and it's basically about where you become aware of the fact that you're dreaming in a dream. So if you've ever had okay. a dream where you've thought to yourself, "This can't be right," because there's something about the dream that just doesn't feel right. A classic one is where you're flying in a dream, and I don't mean in an aeroplane. I mean as in like Superman. Yeah. And, and yeah. you kind of get a sense that it's just, that can't be real. And so you wake up and that is, um, lucid dreaming is where you become aware of the fact that you're dreaming in a dream. But some people okay. have been able to use their lucid dreams. There's uh, one of the um, lucid dreamers I mentioned in my book is Charlie Morley. And Charlie Morley does these incredible workshops. Um, you can find him online where you can learn how to lucid dream. And uh, he used his dreams really helpfully to, to help him overcome some difficulties that he had through lucid dreaming. So okay. it can be useful. Cool. Now, one question. Similar to dying in your dream, how do we know that Charlie Morley is not just making it all up? <laughs> how do we know this isn't a dream world? Oh, oh, okay. Delphi, Delphi, it's not even two o'clock in the day. I can't handle it. <laughs> We're, it's all a simulation. It's all. I think I, I would like, like to learn how to lose a dream because I'd love to be. Imagine walking on the street. You're like, oh my God, Colin Farrell kissed me vibes. You know what I mean? You could do whatever you want in the dream. You can make whatever you want happen in the dream. He talks about the different types of lucid dreaming as well. So for some people, so when I lucid dream, for example, I can control the flying in my dream. So when I fly in my dream, <gasps> I fly like Iron Man. I've got these thrusters in my hands. I have the same when I fly Delphi. I go like this. <laughs> Yeah, and I can push down, I go up, I can lean forward, I go faster if I lean back, I slow down. This is true. No, I'm not laughing at you, sorry. I, I wasn't laughing at you, Delphi. I was laughing at the way Kevin, like, flies, and because he's wearing, like, a kind of colour, colourful top. It was like a nine-year-old, like, when they're pretending to fly. <laughs> Kevin, do you, do, do you say you fly in your dreams as well? Not, not as often um, as I used to when I was younger. When I was younger, it was almost nightly, I'd say. And everyday flight. Yeah, and my mum my mum used to tell me like like she used to kind of interpret it as that like kind of the world was mine. And I used to I just ran oh. with that then and I used to really believe it, you know what I mean? And um 
It's like so it was always like it was so enjoyable. It was literally like you know when you'd go off and there was an awareness that I was dreaming. So I guess I was lucid dreaming, but I would any time yeah. where I'd be slipping into a dream where I was flying, I go, oh yes, a flying one. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I used to get like nightmares as well. But then you know you'd be going to bed. It's like imagine going off to bed. And then realizing like your favorite shows coming on when you go to sleep. Yeah. So oh, you you'd like you'd you'd start taking off, then you you'd say in your head, "Oh my god, unreal, a flying dream." Yeah, literally like that. And it was it's like I mean, who wouldn't want to be flying? So it's like like the campness of it. I used to feel like one of the X Men booting around the gaff. I was given Storm with the with the white contacts. And have you had one in your adult life? I I have them, but not as uh, regularly at all. Great Definitely thing. not as regularly. It's the adult world and society has clipped your wings. Yeah, it's London. All I ever dream about now is getting around on the tube. If I may analyse selfie for a second. <laughs> Another um, myth we were looking to debunk potentially is the concept of having cheese before bedtime. Does that make you have nightmares? Yeah. It's a big thing in Ireland, Delphi. My mum nearly slapped the cheese out of my hand one day because she was like, you're going to have a nightmare. I just wanted an easy single before bed. <laughs> so what's really interesting about this is uh, when I was on a, a, a TV show once, they, the hosts actually tried this the night before. So one of them ate a really strong, like, blue cheese and the other one just had some cheddar. Um, and it was really interesting because the one who ate the really strong cheese had the bizarre dream, but the one who had the sort of milder cheese didn't. Um, but it's like anything, some people will find that what they eat before bedtime does influence their dreaming, but in the same way as some medication does. Mm -hmm. But what I would say is if you know that eating strong cheese before bedtime gives you weird dreams. Maybe cop on and don't have the cheese. Unless you're up for a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> what if you were like feeling a bit kooky and you just want to like, oh, free, free show, you know what I mean? <laughs> on the cheese, I had to stop taking melatonin when my friends brought me back some melatonin from New York, you know, to help me sleep. And I was getting days and sleeps out of it, but my God, my mind was running ragged for the night. So I actually just came off it because really I kind of, I didn't really even need it. I was sleeping well enough anyway. Is melatonin, is it a drug or is it like an, a herb? So the, the body naturally produces melatonin as the day goes on. We, we, we naturally produce it on our own, um, yeah. but you can get it synthetically. And um, some people find that it does help if they if they have some before bedtime. You can get it through various sort of prescription um, medicines that way. Um, but but as you were saying, Kevin, it, it, it's it, again, it's hit and miss. For some people, it helps, but others it doesn't. And it's always going to be. For me, it's more about trying to get to the root cause of why you can't sleep. You know, you could give up caffeine, you could have uh, lavender pillow spray, you could be doing all the right things and still not be able to sleep because there's something happening for you during the day which is showing up for you at night, either that you can't sleep or in the weird dreams that you're having. So for me, it's always about getting to the root of it. You know, what what might be the reason a person isn't sleeping rather than just kind of prescribing something straight away. That's not to say that they don't work. They, they can help, but it's sometimes it's more helpful just to find out what's at the, the bottom of it. My mum would have a bit of difficulty sleeping now, all right, God bless her. Like, like she rarely be getting a, a decent night's sleep. But she'd always be mad for the tea before bed and stuff. And I'm like, Mam, would you come off the tea? And then she'd be playing Candy Crush in the bed. 
and I tried to get her to swap over to the chamomile tea, but you know, that's never going to happen. She loves her cup of tea before bed, you know what I mean? No, she loves her cup of Barry's tea, yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. So we got some submissions of dreams from listeners who want your help with exploring them. But myself and PJ also have kind of recurring dreams that we were wondering if you could maybe help us out with a small bit. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Cool. And obviously, just to caveat, we're not you're, we're saying like you you offer insight and help us like um, pick apart our dreams, but you're not like this is what it means, no. black and white. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, we're just yeah. So don't come for us, right? We're just saying yeah. like we're we're just helping, or guiding, and we're trying to like find some insights in the dreams and have a laugh off your dreams. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my one I always have, and it's the most stressful one I have. So we're just gonna go. I have a couple, but this is the most stressful one, right? So there's a, a really, really steep, steep hill near my childhood home in Cork called Strawberries Hill, right? Mm-hmm. And I know why it's called Strawberry Hill because it's devoid of strawberries, but that's neither here nor there and it doesn't like add to the story, but right? It's really steep. And I always have a dream that I'm sprinting away from something up it, mm. but the hill is moving underneath my feet like a treadmill and I'm not getting any further to the top. Okay. And I'm wrecked and I'm literally going to have a heart attack because I'm like literally trying to get away from something. And sometimes I'm running away from something, but then sometimes I'm ru- trying to run towards towards something but either way the ground is just moving underneath my feet and I'm not going anywhere tell me what that means <laughs> so um so uh, what's really interesting about that is being chased in a dream is a really common dream that people have around the world there are some dreams which are almost universal um yeah. but being chased in a dream is one of them so the first thing I usually say to people is have a think about who is doing the chasing so are you getting away from something or is or are you trying to catch up with something so uh, the chase dream was actually quite common during the pandemic because people were worried oh. about catching the coronavirus and so in that respect it was it was almost like this chasing the virus or the virus chasing Mm -hmm. them because they were worried about catching it in the same way people who work to deadlines you know if they're getting behind on something they feel like they need to catch up and so that's another reason why people have that dream but there is a physiological element to that as well so when you are dreaming you are to all intents and purposes physically paralyzed so that you don't carry out whatever it is that you're dreaming. The, the main uh, muscles that are working are your heart and your diaphragm and your eyes, which are kind of moving quickly backwards and forwards. Yeah, like this. Yeah. REM. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> now, so what sometimes what happens is that people will have this sensation in a dream that they can't get away. And that may well be because your brain is sending a message to your legs to say, we need to get out of here. But your legs are sending a message back saying, I can't. I'm asleep. And so okay. it could be kind of two reasons to it. But in the same way, it may well be that whatever it is you were trying to escape from or you were trying to catch up with at the time of that dream, that there was no getting away from it. It needed to be confronted or you needed to kind of have a look at it in more detail. And this is where keeping a dream diary can be so helpful. People will find that if they keep a dream diary, they will start to spot patterns in their dreaming. So they'll start to understand why they have certain dreams when they do. So if you are coming up on a deadline and you have the chasing dream, then that may be it's because it's related to that. So that's why I, I encourage people to keep a dream diary to see if they can spot patterns with it and the other thing I would say is is have a think about what was happening in your life at that time mm-hmm. that might well have kind of connected with that idea of trying to get away from something or catching up even homework you know what I mean just getting behind mm. your homework 
could have been a reason why you would have that dream as a child. So it, okay. it's not even necessarily anything sinister or troubling. It, it might be something practical, but that you were just struggling to to get away with at the time or to to kind of catch up with at the time. PJ, do you think you were trying to catch up with homework, or what? What, what other explanation might there be for you running away from the bullies? I thought it was because I was um. I was kind of a bigger child and I thought I was like working out, wanted to work out my dream. But me, but, uh, but I get it in, but then I got it when I was an adult as well. And it's just something that always, it happens to me at least every, once every six months, but I have loads going on Delphi. So there's always a deadline I'm mm. running towards, you know, yourself. Yeah, we're busy girls. I think the dream journal, babe, me and you, I know yeah. it's like, are we ever going to do it? Because it is a fa- is, is another thing that we have to do. But will we keep a dream journal and then we can debunk them? I have them? too many journals. I'll have, to, I'll have to get a briefcase for all the journals. I have a general life journal. I have the grief journal. And I, I don't know if I... Look, if it's, if it's something new that I think might be worth looking into, I will start the dream journal. But okay. at the moment, I'm kind of content enough with my dreams. You're journaled out. So I do have a recurring dream, Delphi, that is kind of wrecking my head at the moment and I can't make heads nor tails of it. It's been happening now the last few weeks. But basically, I'm in a setting, a social setting. There's people around and I have somewhere to be for a specific time, right? But I don't have a clock. There's no clocks in the walls. I I don't know what time it is. And I'm trying to find out from other people... um, what time it is so that I'm not late and I have this panic about being late and everyone I go up to I keep saying like what time is it and the response is always it's Chico time and (laughs) it's wrecking my head like the first night it happened I was laughing the next morning I couldn't stop laughing but then it happened again recently right and the whole dream I couldn't recognise the fact that it was a dream and I was like really really stressed and then it got to the point because everyone kept saying it's Chico time, but they weren't laughing or anything. They were being very, very serious. And they would just look at me and say, it's Chico time. And I don't know what to make of that. Maybe the Chico time bit is irrelevant, but <laughs> like, do you know, in your own expert opinion, is there anything there with the potentially being late for something and worried about um, tardiness? <laughs> so when Chico appears in your dream, what, ha- what does that mean, basically? So, um, so one of the things I would say with that, again, um, with dreams, they can be literal. So worrying about time in a dream can be a reflection that you're worrying about time during the day. So that in, from that perspective, it may be literal. It may be just be an honest acknowledgement of that. Um, the other thing I would mm-hmm. say is that you mentioned that this started a few weeks ago. And one of the questions I ask in my book is, is ask yourself the question, why this and why okay. now? So it might be that by doing that, if you can pin back to where it actually started and when it actually started, you might then be able to say, okay, well, it started when I had this conversation or I had this meeting or I had this kind of feedback or anything like that. And that might then tie into why you're having this dream now. I will say though, that you said that you woke up the next day and you were laughing and that you you really enjoyed it. And in a weird way, that might be why it's reoccurring. It might be your brain's way of saying, you know, you really like this. This is actually like a really nice thing to dream about. So let's just keep dreaming about it. Obviously, the Chico element is going to be personal to you. You'll need to 
we'll need to unpack that and decide what the Chico mean, bit means. That probably just means that I was a young gay lad and I was obsessed with X Factor and I need to I need to carve that a small bit. Yeah. So it, like I say, keep a dream diary because you might, although I appreciate your journal doubt at the moment, but if you if you keep a dream diary, you will start to see why you have things when you do. And it may be in six months, in a year, two years, you look back and think, I know now why I was having that. Okay. Maybe I will start with the journal or maybe even get the notes app out, I suppose, because I am kind of, it's the stationery for me. I can't go in. I can't go into Waterstones again for a nice notebook. Also, <laughs> the price of notebooks. Yeah, you're paying twenty pounds for a nice notebook these days. You could double it up though and just have like you could have like a grief slash dream journal. You know what I mean? Oh Jesus, that wouldn't work at all. Keep the grief and the dream separate. Well, they always overlap apparently. So just I know and I know this is very selfish of me, but can we just do a quick couples counselling for me on the dreams? Because there's an issue with Jose that we need to address. Me and my boyfriend, his name's Jose, right? Every time, I'm obviously the best boyfriend ever. Like, look at me. Obviously. Like, I'm a treat, right? Yeah, obviously. Um, but in his dreams, I'm always the biggest prick ever. So, like, he'd wake up in the middle... He'd wake up in the morning, I'd be like, Oh, hi, babe, how are you? Do you want me to make a cup of tea? And he'd be like, Don't talk to me, you were rude in the dream. Yeah. So, dream PJ is, like, this big dickhead who's always, like, being rude to him and stuff like this. And last night, even, he had a dream that we both turned into birds and we were flying somewhere together... But then I flew away from him and when I came back, I was off my head on yokes, like drugs. And he was like, what's wrong? Where'd you go? And I wouldn't tell him. And then I was off my head on drugs and then broke up with him and flew away. So <laughs> why is Dream PJ always being crazy in the dreams? This is a really common dream that people have. Really? Okay. Brilliant. It's really common, for example, for people to dream that their partner is cheating. And so they dream that their partner is cheating on them in the in the dream. And then they'll wake up the next morning and like, don't talk to me. You were cheating on me last night. <laughs> um, now, there are different reasons we have that. Some people, it may well be a level of intuition. There may be that during the day, they're worried that that is happening. And so that's why it shows up in their dream at night. Oh, but it might know. also be a historical experience. So if a person has been cheated on in the past, oh, then it stands to reason they're going to worry that their future partner is going to do the same. And mm -hmm. so that shows up in their dreams as well. So yeah. with dreams like that, I, I always encourage people, just keep talking, just keep reassuring, just keep reminding that you're there, you haven't gone anywhere. Um, but also ask them to acknowledge what level insecurity might be playing in that, or is it, you know, a level of intuition for them to decide that? Um, yeah. And if it is, if they feel it is a level of intuition, then to have that conversation about why they think it is, you know, why they think something's going on. But equally, if it is a level of insecurity, then then that's for them to work on as well. So to try and get to the heart of why they think that might happen again, even though they're in a new relationship, because otherwise they're bringing the baggage from an old one into the new one. That makes sense. Okay. I was like, I thought it was a yin and yang situation where it was like, I'm too good in real life, then that I have to be bad it somewhere. Be. You know what I mean? It, it genuinely, it could be that sometimes in relationships, they're too good to be true. And so, and that goes against, especially depending on their backgrounds and their own history. They just can't, they just can't necessarily. You know. Kevin's rolling his eyes. He's only, I'm only joking. Never mind. Too good to be true. <laughs> right. Let's get into, let's get into the listeners' submissions. Yeah. Good show. So we put a, a question box out to the girlies on Instagram and y'all filled out the forms. Now, I thought my dreams were unhinged until I started reading some of yours. So thank you so much for making me feel sane. Also, uh, another question that I would maybe put to you, Delphi, is at what point um, 
should people maybe not be getting on to two podcasters with a guest and maybe go about psychiatric help for their dreams? Because some of them were dark. So I had to stop reading some of them halfway through. So one of the things that I talk about is that dreams are like a form of nighttime therapy in themselves. So sometimes, like I said mm. earlier, we walk around our problems during the day, but we fall into them at night. And so that's why we sometimes have really bizarre, it's sometimes even really cruel, sometimes really graphic dreams. It's because we're not dealing with things during the day and so they show up in our dreams at night but it can be helpful then to have conversations with people during the day about why you might be having those dreams because otherwise they'll keep influencing your dream content I, I say this I remember once speaking to someone who was just having the most violent gory graphic awful dream mm. And we had a conversation about what the dream might mean. And after we had that conversation, they never had that dream again. So sometimes just talking oh. about the dream and what it might mean can be enough of the therapy. Do you know what I mean? Just actually saying to someone, I think okay. this, I, I'm having this dream. I think it's about this, um, you know, and having, whether it's with a friend, a family member or a therapist, whoever that looks like. No, the therapist will charge you 80 quid. The therapist will charge you 80 quid an hour. <laughs> Kevin just started therapy and he's traumatised for the time. It's a safe space, a safe space. A safe space. Safe space. Um, because then you might find that that is enough to stop the dream from happening again. That's such a good choice. Correct. Let's do quick fire, like not quick fire, but let's uh, let's rattle through a good few. So let's get, we'll get we'll get to we'll put a few in this episode, and then we might put one or two on our Patreon. After yeah, this. that's a good show because there were loads submitted over like two hundred. There were loads. And yeah, yeah, yeah. as I said, like yeah. some of them, I was going through and I tried to boil the kettle halfway through because I was like, this is a lot. You know what I mean? And I'm not being paid for this either. <laughs> so strap in, girlies. Here we go. So this is one thing that actually cropped up a few times, which I thought was very interesting because when I read it the first time around, I was like, oh, that's a bit bizarre. But it seemed that um, other people were having similar uh, experiences. So someone said, I always hear a doorbell in my dream and I can never tell if it's real or not. It's very mm. annoying. It happens a lot, but it's way more intense after I drink. Mm. Oh. So sometimes what is happening outside of our dream world can be happening inside our dream world so if say for example there's a phone ringing it will turn up in your dream as a phone ringing and then you wake up and realize that the phone is ringing so anyone that yeah. has that kind of doorbell dream i would i would kind of encourage them to think about is it a doorbell that they recognize is it possibly that you know there is a doorbell and it's just showed up in their dream that way because your brain is alive to everything that's happening even mm -hmm. when you're in really deep sleep your brain is alive to what's happening and so yeah. it makes sense if there is a doorbell ringing outside of the dream that it would show up in the dream. Same with a smoke alarm, yeah. same with, uh, like I say, a, a car going past or something like that. Um, what I would say is if they notice that it's particularly intense after they've had um, a drink, then it would be worth thinking about whether or not there's any symbolic reference to the doorbell, because a doorbell is something to get your attention. So is it something that's Ooh. happening during the day that is trying to get their attention, but they're not listening or they're not paying attention to that? Um, and so the doorbell, if yeah. you like, is the symbol that's appearing in their dream to say, come and have a look at this, mm -hmm. or you know, maybe maybe this needs your attention. So yeah, I would I would ask them to have a look at the symbolic reference of it, not just yeah. the fact that it might be happening outside the dream as well. Maybe they're trying to get their attention and tell them you need to stop drinking so much and you have a bit of a problem. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Problem. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> also, I hope it's a fun doorbell. You know, the way you can get like door- fun doorbells, like to play like Christmas tunes and stuff. That would be great, maybe, wouldn't it? Maybe it's a few kids yeah. playing Runaway Knock at night. It could be that. Maybe it's the boogeyman. You say that. There is a really interesting phenomena. Um, I describe it in Answers in the Dark as old hag syndrome, which is the old name for it, um, which is where a person gets a sense that there is a presence in the room um, and yet there isn't actually anybody there. But it shows up where a person tries to call out in a dream, but they can't. They're, They're sort of stifled in trying to call out or they try to move in a dream and they can't. Or as they're waking up, they try to move and they can't. Um, and again, that is often a symptom of stress. So it's always worth looking to see what, you know, what else might yeah. be influencing your dream content because stress can show up in funny ways. Delphi, you won't believe this. I had the old hag syndrome. I was asleep in bed one night and I remember just feeling like there was someone standing over me in the room and watching me, right? Yeah. And it was petrifying. You know what I mean? And then I woke up and I turned around, but PJ was actually standing over me watching me in the dead of night. It was actually me. I was saying, I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to talk about this situation, right? So Kevin experienced that and I experienced waking up and being in Kevin's room. So I think I was sleepwalking. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, like what happened there? Because I I literally, because we were out that night. We were out that night, right? You were out. Yeah, so I was drinking that night and I, I remember hearing kevin being like pj 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 and then i just i kind of like came to like yeah but i'm thinking it's my dream babe and then i came to my senses and i'm like in kevin's room and he's like what are you doing here and i'm like um just checking you're okay you know what i mean it was the scariest thing ever bearing in mind now he's six foot four delphi and he was towering over me and i'm looking at him i'm just thinking and as well it's the dead of night so i didn't recognize as pj at the start and the the breath went from my and he's by the front door in the gaff as well so it was like someone was like entering (laughs) oh my god i was trauma sometimes sleepwalking can be because um um, we're thirsty it can be because we're hungry um there's there's all different reasons why we sleep well alcohol seems to influence it as well people will often find themselves in wardrobes and things like that in the middle of the night because they think it's the toilet and that can be really messy yeah pj was pissing on the curtains in sitches one night i was there you go, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait it was i prove my point you no, were Remember Paul, you woke up and you were pissing on the curtains oh yeah <laughs> i was actually whatever do you know what i mean Alcohol does funny things. I know I shouldn't be doing it really, should I? It does. But come here, Delphi, this has just been the most interesting talk ever. 
I'm literally I'm obsessed. on the way out of the door there now to buy a Dreamcatcher and also buy the book. Just to recap, it's called Answers in the Dark, Grief, Sleep and How Dreams Can Help You Heal. You can purchase it on Amazon or Hive and what we'll do is we'll put a link for the book in the episode description yeah. if people want to check it out. I think I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get it to it. I'm so into it now because like sometimes you could be like dreams like ookie kookie but like there's it's so linked to your um what's happening in your real life you you process Everything. a lot when you're sleeping you know it's yeah. so interesting yeah. i can't wait to read it thank you i hope you had a laugh and i'm sorry for mentioning margaret thatcher it just slipped out i promise it's fine you're <laughs> forgiven you're forgiven oh my god not at all jeez you're grand we adore you we love you to bits thanks so much delphine thank you so much for coming on you're welcome it's been lovely to chat with you bye girlie see ya, see ya. bye bye, bye. bye. Okay, girlie, so obviously we couldn't get to all the submissions, but we did do a video with Delphine, which she interprets a load more submissions. You can head over to our Patreon page, check them out. Some of them are absolute chaos. <laughs> Some of them are a bit unhinged, but you're going to have to sign up to see, and that's clickbait, girlies. <laughs> I'm going off for a snooze after that. Honestly, all I want to do now is get down on the lab and put my head up against that pillow and force myself into a deep sleep. I've, I've never been so excited for a sleep in my life. Also, Delphi seemed like someone who was having class sleeps, you know what I mean? She just seemed really yeah. well rested and I was getting the vibes that she was just so content at night. I do, And I do think like she's, I say her dreams are fucking a scream. Yeah, the way she was going on about lucid dreaming there, I was like, oh my God, girl, take me with you. No, I'm all plans to do a dream journal now, I'm all about it, but I know for a fact I'll do it for two days and I won't be able to keep it up. You know what? I won't do it. I'm a man of habit. So like I do like my routine and stuff, which I was saying at the start of the episode. But also that means I find it difficult to start a new one then because it doesn't come easy to me. In in the spirit of sustainability, right? I'm going to do a dream yeah. journal in my notes for a week. And if I do it in, in my notes for a week, then I will transfer to um, a hardback. That's not a bad shout. Maybe you could give it a bash. You know what I mean? Anyway, Carlies, we love you and leave you. Oh my God, that was so good. It literally was so good. So I'm good. I'm definitely going to get the book. I know we kind of have to say we're getting the book after we've spoken to the person. No, I actually am going to get it, I think. And even if I never end up reading it, even to have on the on the, on the nightstand when I go to bed and like just, just, just to appear to be someone who's like fully invested in my dreams, I kind of love the idea of it. Exactly. Gorgeous. Anyway, girlies, take care. We love you loads. Love you loads. Bye, sweet dreams. Bye, girlies. Bye. Bye. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.